Leadership Show with Andy Peck. Welcome to the Leadership Show, conversations to help you use your influence wisely. It was American business magnate Warren Buffett who said, it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. If you think about that, you will do things differently. He also said, lose money and I will forgive you, but lose even a shred of reputation and I will be ruthless. Well, these quotes come from the book written by my guest today, Jonathan Code. The book is entitled Reputation Matters, How to Protect Your Professional Reputation, a book that describes how he has used regulatory and legal processes to protect the privacy and reputation of clients, including members of the royal family, celebrities such as Lady Gaga, David and Victoria Beckham, Holly Willoughby, and Anton Deck. His corporate and charity clients include Amazon, Jaguar Land Rover, Tier Fund, and the Church of England. He's known by many in the media amongst his legal peers and all of his clients as a devout Christian, as he also states clearly in his book, and so is passionate about seeing the truth defended, media abuse curtailed, and its victims vindicated. With the Christian faith and local churches often on the back foot regarding their reputation in our culture of increasing intolerance towards Christians and their beliefs. I'm looking forward to hearing how our reputation may be enhanced and recovered. So lovely to welcome you to the Leadership Show, Jonathan. Thank you, Andy. It's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, your own journey to faith and involvement in this area of law, first of all? Well, I, my mum and dad weren't Christians when I was born. Um, they both found faith when I was in my teenage years. Uh, my dad first, my mum second, dragging me down to church terrible, awful, complete invasion of my Sunday. And then they started taking me to church twice on a Sunday. So one evening we got there late and we had to sit in the gallery and I noticed opposite us were, was uh, the youth group and in it were about half a dozen of the prettiest girls I'd ever seen. And when one of them came up and invited me to youth fellowship, obviously I said yes. And that was kind of the beginning really. And I was a very cerebral convert. I just listened to the gospel. Uh, very soberly preached, and I concluded that it was true and gave my life to the Lord under the bedclothes when I was about 14. Oh, wonderful story, Jonathan. Um, was there an um, attractive woman involved in your interest in law as well? No. <laughs> no, well, that's a, that's, a, that's a really strange story. So my mum and dad uh, lived in Cambridge where I was born, and their house was about 250 yards from Jesus College, Cambridge. Great, beautiful old college. And um, when I arrived back from the maternity hospital, my dad looked down at my Moses basket and declared that when I grew up, I would not only uh, go to Jesus College as, a, as an undergraduate, but also that I'd study law. And that's what then happened. So I was destined to be a lawyer literally from birth. Well. Wow. And of course, following Jesus, as well as it happens, the name of the college became uh, connected to your own faith as well. Well, that's one of the reasons why I loved going there at college, because I became a Christian before I went to university. And it was lovely to be in a college that bore the name of my Lord and Saviour. So that was a, a particular joy, yes. Well, I mean, the, the book uh, has some harrowing stories, Jonathan, of how the press treats people. It was quite a a shock uh, skimming through it. Uh, I mean, to give a flavour, maybe you could briefly mention the evening when you were playing in a jazz quintet 
at an Alpha supper at Holy Trinity Brompton, of course, the home of Alpha, uh, and received a phone call. Yes, yeah, so I co-formed a, a jazz ensemble to play at the Alpha Suppers at HTB. Um, and if anyone listening has not, not been to another course, it's just the most wonderful thing. Anyway, while I was on stage, a curate who I knew well came up to me and said, Jonathan, there's a very distressed lady on the line. Uh, please, can you speak to her? Now, the, the, the client, so I'm, gonna, I'm going to just use a, um, the first letter of a uh, Christian name, V, the client V, um, had tracked me down. Uh, I, you know, she knew that I, I worshipped at Holy Trinity Brompton and she couldn't reach me at home. But what had happened was this dear lady had been terribly stalked, viciously, I mean, really nastily stalked, and had been wooed by a reporter at the, um, at the Daily Mail. Well, I think she thought she was being wooed. What he was trying to do is get a story out of her. He got this story out of her and rung up and said, oh, by the way, we're going to publish the story about you being stalked. And she was petrified because this man had threatened to kill her and threatened to kill his parents. And he begged her, begged her not to, begged him, sorry, rather not, not to uh, run this story, but he flatly refused. So in complete panic, she rang me up. And that began a about a two or three year battle with the paper to stop it publishing this story. And during the time, during that time, they behaved so badly towards this lady. I cannot tell you how badly they behaved. Uh, and I mean, in the end I won, but it was a very, very unpleasant struggle. Yeah. I mean, you give the details that you can give in the book, which is, uh, you know, very horrific. And as obviously as someone connected loosely with, with the media as as a journalist at uh, Premier Christian Radio, it is a, it's really really sad to to hear how you know, journalistic colleagues uh, behave. Um, I mean, you're no fan of the way the press is regulated in the UK, Jonathan. That comes through in the book. Well, I just want to throw in one thing. I am a huge fan of good investigative journalism. I have supported it in all the thirty plus years I've been a media lawyer. I've defended good quality journalism because we really need it. The the problem is that there's an awful lot of bad journalism out there and that um, needs to be fought against and that's one of the things I've done. Now, what I should have in the regulator is an ally. So the Independent Press Standards Organization uh, regulates most of Fleet Street, all the Fleet Street titles except The Guardian, The Independent and The Financial Times. Uh, so the most powerful and well-read, um, well, I suppose The Guardian is a is very well read. But anyway, it, it, it legals the, the Fleet Street. Now, it is neither independent, nor is it a regulator. It is set up by the press, funded by the press, code written by the press, appointed by the press, and has press people on the commission. It is massively biased towards the press. Now, it's better than nothing, but one of the reasons why press standards are still low and I can assure you that however badly you folk think the press behaves, I can assure you they behave worse. One of the reasons for that is that we have a regulator which is the tame creature of the press, which um, doesn't do its job properly. Yeah. Well, it's, it's sad to hear. And um, uh, as I say, people can read the book and, and discover a little bit more about uh, the ins and outs of that. Um, Jonathan, would you agree that the media seem to be especially keen uh, to seek to harm the reputations of prominent Christians and church leaders where they can? Or is this kind of scaremongering that 
sometimes Christians come yeah, up I'm, with? Yeah, well, yes. And the, the short answer is they do. But I think there's, there's, there's a number of reasons for this. It's not a simple issue. I am very much not a there are demons hiding in my bed type Christian. I nonetheless, however, strongly believe that uh, we are in the midst of spiritual warfare. And, you know, when Paul talks about princely um, powers and uh, empires uh, invisible to us, but nonetheless we fight, I absolutely believe that. And I believe that one of those empires, and one of the most powerful empires, resides in Fleet Street in its, in its collective um, existence. And sometimes I have felt that very strongly in the courtroom or in the work that I've done. I've really sensed that I'm up against dark powers. So as Christians, um, in a sense, if we're not being persecuted, we're not doing our job properly, and certainly... I have acted, it's been my great privilege to act for, obviously without charge, um, senior Christian clergymen, uh, elements of the church, um, Christian um, charities, and it is my absolute honor and privilege to, to, to fight their corner with the skills that God's given me. And, you know, if Jesus was persecuted, obviously we're going to be persecuted too. Having said that, I am bound to say that in the 30 years I've worked for the church, had the privilege of working for the church in the broad sense, sometimes they bring it on themselves. Some of the decisions that I see being made are not, in my judgment, the highest wisdom caliber. And I think one of the things which perhaps, that, I mean, such is the pervasive nature of the media, the social media, I mean, it's all around us. So pervasive, pervasive is it that if we're going to be um, innocents and doves as doves and wives and serpent, wives as serpents, we've got to think, if I do this, if I say this, is this going to end up giving glory to God on the pages of the Daily Mail? Now, sometimes it is right that we speak the truth to power and then we take a clattering sometimes from the secular press. Sometimes that's right. But sometimes, and Andy, I can see you nodding because I suspect you've encountered this. Sometimes, you know, as a, as a devout Christian and someone who loves the church and wants to support him, sometimes I do find myself putting my face in my hands and think, that really hasn't been very well thought out. And then, you know, just like Balaam's ass prophesied um, to Balaam, sometimes I fear that the, the media rightly prophesies to us when we're telling things radically wrong and and in those circumstances we must listen to them yes and indeed sadly sometimes the the christian press don't do their job and it takes people outside the church to shine a light on some of the, the less good things about the church and about individuals and their behavior uh, and that's again the last year or so have had some sad scandals which have been connected with that Unfortunately. Well, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. That, that is absolutely right. And it puts the church to shame in a number of ways, particularly as elements of the church, elements of the church have sought to cover things up. Now, that's, we know that's not Jesus's way. You know, where church institutions, Christian institutions have got it radically wrong, then they, 
they must expect that the, the, the press will do their job and bring these things to the light. Obviously, the better thing is for the to have been wisdom at the time so things aren't done wrong and for a cover-up process not to be engaged. I mean, you know, it's easy for me, but yeah, we vigorously agree that um, sometimes we've had to be held to account by, by the media when we've failed to do so ourselves. So Jonathan, that brings me nicely to, to my next question. Uh, and so for many Christians in leadership, talk of being in a media crisis may seem to be far-fetched, but church leaders may be in a situation where their church's reputation could be damaged, perhaps by the actions of one of its members or indeed its leaders. And, and managing that process uh, for, for many will be a new new territory. So what kind of advice would you give? I appreciate it giving gener generic advice for often what is a very specific topic. But nevertheless, are you able to, to give some advice for leaders listening who, who may be caught in that kind of conundrum? Well, yes, and I'm, again, I'm glad for the opportunity to do so. And thank you for that. Of course, it, it is also true that some church leaders, some Christians are the subject of false allegations through no fault of their own. Of course, our dear precious Lord ended up on the cross because a false allegation was made, were made against him. We remember that, you know, as he was crucified, he said, God forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, my overwhelming advice is to find an expert. Because dealing, so I've been dealing with the press for over 30 years, the media generally. So by, by God's choice entirely, I've had the privilege of looking from the perspective of both sides here. And you cannot, you know, dealing with the press is not, I was going to say for amateurs, it sounds arrogant, but it really, really is not. You know, you've got to, you've, there are so many things you, you really need to know. You've got to know the regulations. So that's independent standards. Press Stands Organization Code or Ofcom Code, what your legal rights are, which have been given by the state and by God. You've got to know what they are and how to, how to um, put them into effect. And you've also got to know what the media is like, that, you know, the nature of the enemy you're dealing with. Ideally, you know what the editorial line is. Ideally, as, as I do, who the in-house lawyer is. And in, incidentally, virtually all of my contacts with newspapers is directly to the to a lady or a gentleman's in-house, or and it's dear. So I'm writing a big letter to the male titles, and I'm writing to to, to the, the the lady's name is Robin. So I shall be writing Robin a very tough seven-page letter, but it'd still be dear Robin because, despite the fact sometimes I have to go to toe to toe with newspapers, I will do so with the utmost courtesy. But the, my main point is that I know exactly what I'm dealing with. And church leaders can't be, I mean, bless them, they're already jacks of, you know, expected to be jacks of limitless um, trades. So find an expert. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of a species of expert that you can get. Now, there is only one other, and I hope I'm allowed to drop a name here. There's only one other organization which I know, which is a bunch of, of Christian, all Christians, and all they do is serve the church in this field, and they're called Jersey Road. PR. So write this down, Jersey Road PR. So if you go to their website, um, they're run by a lovely guy called Gareth. They are, they are, they give um, advice, they give seminars. Uh, they will give you training. 
So you, you know, have those resources to hand uh, and just please try not to try and do it on your own because, you know, you, you really, you're, you're just going to get beaten because these people, you know, the, the, the newspapers really know what they're doing. They have crack teams of lawyers, compliance teams. Uh, and Jonathan, you um, intimated uh, in the book that it's also worth knowing your enemy in a sense that some of the media giants, uh, so-called giants, um, you know that financially they're likely to settle if you write a stiff um, letter and and threaten legal action because actually they don't they don't want to be be dealing with <laughs> protracted legal battles. Um, others obviously have deeper pockets and are a little bit more robust, perhaps in their defence of themselves. Would that be fair? Well, yes. I mean, it, it it's interesting because it, there'll be Christians I suspect who are listening to this who are thinking, you know, is it really right? For a Christian organisation or, or high-profile Christian in, individual to to set out to have a lawyer like me um, set out their rights and insist their rights be complied with, well, first of all, I'm nearly I will always write I'm doing this pro bono. So sorry, that's a legal term without charge, so that they the newspapers know that um, you know precious charity money or church money isn't being spent on me. But secondly, you know I'm reminded of Paul. He was beaten um, hard uh, by the Roman authorities. And at the end of it said, no, hang on, guys, you can't just chuck me out of the place because I am a Roman citizen. So he quite rightly deployed the rights that he has. Now, government has provided us with a set of rights. One of them is the Article 8 right to privacy and reputation. Now, that, that has come from our legislature has also come from the Lord, because the Lord's into human rights as well. He's into privacy, he's also into reputation. We know that from the Psalms, you know, that, that, that this is an important issue for the Lord. So first thing I would say is that it is absolutely right and proper that um, we, we uh, set down what our rights are and say that they, they should be complied with. Now, the, 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 the church is, um, part of the, the community they 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 have protections under 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 the codes that are that are there and they should not be diffident about um making proper use of them and you know if, if, if it was an issue actually came in my seminar to jersey road pr but you know we we are um set in a community we have a democratic system here by god's grace um, and I'm, I mean that, you know, we, we, we should never forget how fortunate we are. And, you know, those, those are protections which are for all of us, in, including Christians. I think I've slightly gone off the point of your question. What was, your, what was the main point of your question again? Sorry, Andy. Well, I was just um, trying to reflect a little bit on the, 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 the challenges that, that Christians uh, might, might face uh, and whether actually some of them very simply could um, you know, a, a simple letter sometimes oh, yeah, deals okay. with the issue. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I just wanted, yes, what I wanted to do was to try and scotch any sense that there was something wrong in setting out what, what your rights are. Thank you for taking me, taking me back that's to, right, the, no worries, to, the, to the answer. So, yes, so that's absolutely right. So, you know, in, in, associated newspapers uh, who, who own the mail titles have, you know, more money than Croesus. And, you know, I, I read 
So, in, you know, they were, they were absolutely in the wrong in the Meghan Markle case, but they still spent millions defending it. Uh, they, 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 they knew they were wrong. Uh, they must have known that they're wrong. I mean, their lawyers should have told them that they, they, they were wrong, but they don't care. They can afford it. Uh, there are other uh, newspapers having anything like as much money, and local newspapers have even less money now. One's very reluctant to sort of use muscle power and I, you know, I again, I do so with 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 immense caution. And I will also, you know, if a, if a client comes to me, be a Christian client or not, and I, I think they're actually in the wrong. Well, I'm afraid I'll I'll be the first to tell them, you know. And if um, if the right thing to do is parley with the newspaper because actually the newspaper's getting it right in these situations, I'm not going to be accepting instruction to go and fight them. But a a reminder is one of the things that. It is sadly true of, of the media, particularly the pre press, which is much, much more wild and irresponsible than the broadcast media, is that they will often stop and think if they merely discover via a letter, A, that this organisation has access to a, if you'll forgive me, a Premier League media lawyer, therefore knows what they're rights are and also knows what the regulations are which bind the newspaper or at least to an extent well jonathan understandably we've 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 focused on the negative element of of the media uh, quite quite rightly uh, but we all use it to a greater or lesser extent as christians uh, any thoughts on our attitude to it and uh, how we can perhaps use it better i sense that the media is something of the elephant in the room for the church you know, we, we all consume it all the time. You know, I do, you know, news apps, radio, whatever. And of course, you know, there's lots of it that's good. I mean, the coverage of our dear Queen's um, funeral is wonderful. The BBC's coverage of it was wonderful. The BBC is wonderful. I've had to fight it sometimes, but it's wonderful. So we should treasure the good parts of our media, particularly the BBC, particularly the BBC. And we should pray for it. We should blinking well pray for the media. You know, we're commanded, commanded in, in uh, to Timothy to pray for those in authority. Well, you know, the people who preside over the Fleet Street titles pretty well fall into that category. You know, the media is known as the fourth estate. So we should pray about it, one. Two, we should be wise about it. We should be very careful um, to do what we can to check that we're being told the truth. Thirdly, we should be Christians to go in and work for newspapers and work for the, for the broadcasters. You need Christians in there. There are not enough of them. And, uh, you know, that, that, that the amount of good that can be done, I only know, actually, I think I only know one high-profile Christian journalist. Um, and uh, I know one in-house lawyer who's a Christian, a really good, really good man, is an in-house lawyer at a tabloid newspaper. You know, the, 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 there, there are more Christians needed and there is an enormous scope for doing good in the media if you go in there and you stand for the Lord and you, you're guided by him. Well, Jonathan, that's a terrific place to, to finish. Thank you again for, for your book. It is, uh, although it's got a lot of legal stuff that people may not have grasped, it, it has, you know, some wonderful and, and sad stories and interesting stories. So I do commend the book to, to my listenership. Reputation Matters, How to Protect Your Professional Reputation by Jonathan Coates. So thank you so much, Jonathan. Thank you, Andy, for having me on. It's been a privilege.
That was my conversation with Jonathan Code. I hope you won't be needing his services anytime soon. But it's great to hear of the work he does and his perspective on the media that we all use. Now, there's going to be some changes to the leadership show in this coming autumn. We'll be broadcasting the top archive content from the last few years, which gives me a chance to focus on the development of the Premier Next Gen website, which I edit for Christian parents and children and youth workers. The podcast of the show will also appear in the profile platform as we seek to spread the word of the value of Christian conversations on leadership themes. So I hope you'll enjoy that content uh, and enjoy the different elements of the show in that format. In the meantime, may you know the joy of walking with Christ so that you are of good reputation where God has placed you, so that your influence in word and deed glorifies Jesus. This is Andy Peck thanking you for listening and looking forward to the next time. Bye for now. The Leadership Show with Andy Peck. To get in touch, email andy.peck at premier.org.uk.